you can start at any point now. Hello and welcome to episode 86 <laughs> of the Flames Fancast. I had my drugs for depression, so I'm happy now. Hey, that that's... Uh... Why are you sharing your private information on this podcast? At least you didn't lose millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars if you're a stupid crypto exchange. You went from... Millions to hundreds to tens. Well, because I'm which trying to, I'm it? I'm trying to encompass all the all the people who, all the unfortunate people who put their money in that bullshit, <laughs> and they lost it all. If you're on FTX exchange, everybody, my condolences. We, you're not getting your money back. We, it's very unlikely. Have and if you not, think FTX US is liquid. We have played hockey equivalent to your exchange it's, here. It's definitely not liquid. Get your money out of FTX US as well. We have not done well. Do not hold any Tether crypto. <laughs> it's a bullshit stable coin that has yet to have a full audit. Uh, oh, this isn't our um, financial podcast that we have. Sorry. This is our Flames podcast, which is going to be one depressing-ass fucking podcast. We're recording right after... Losing. Losing yet again against the Boston Bruins, who I believe are the best team in the NHL right now. They're better than us. They definitely look better than us. They're better than us. Not saying much, but they're better than us. Uh, So where do we begin? Because every time we do this, I'm, I'm like enraged inside. Not only for people who fucking bought crypto, but for the flames, uh, because... Well, since last episode, we've basically lost every single game. Pretty much. And was it because, again, that the flames are fading us? We were kind of optimistic last podcast. And in fairness, we should have been. Everyone else was. We, we played well. We looked good. There's been, obviously, a number of issues that have plagued us, I guess. But generally speaking... Uh, we just have not been creative enough in the offensive end. We have not been disciplined enough in the defensive end. And our goaltending has been poor. And we lack discipline in the, uh, staying out of the box. So we're losing hockey games. And uh, how about that for analysis? Huh? And, and where, yeah, that, that was uh, top notch, top point. Good job. We could end it right now if you want. Before we start saying shit that, like, in two months, we're going to look back and be like, this is the dumbest fucking episode we had because we just sat there and shat on the fucking fellas, oh, which I'm a, about to. It's a critical um, analysis of the two weeks, which is a, well, so a, the two a weeks, shatting, as the, you'd yeah, say. The, well, well they, they, they started shitting where they eat, too, right? And then they started eating where they shat. Listen, and so we just watched that Boston game together. I guess the most concerning thing to me is that body language-wise, motivation-wise, effort-wise, we never really looked up for the fight. It we looks... looked at times in the game, but we never looked up for the fight, if you know what I mean. It looks, it, it's like the, it's the, it's, it's the shadow effort. Like the shadow effort. The, I'm for, kind of looking like I'm supposed to exactly. do what I'm supposed to do. There's a lot of shadow effort going on. I'm just, I'm going to coin that right now if it's not an actual term. But 
it's it's a total I'm gonna just look like it's I, I'm fucking going there do or die but I'm gonna add zero value to this game and it was the majority of the players really the only guy that looked like he was trying to do something was Backlund in my mind I had no issue with Vladar today like he didn't what is he supposed to fucking do uh but our defense man oh man that's sticking out like a sore thumb right now for me well, these players that we have uh, on our third pairing are not NHL players. This was a lack of foresight in signing these guys to... If you're signing them for the A, totally fine. But uh, we are hurting right now on the back end. And it's blatantly obvious we, how much we miss Tanev. We miss Tanev a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. That defensive organization he brings, that stability. And the fact that Tanev's gone, everyone else just looks bad. They look bad. And it's exposing, I think, the weaknesses they have as players. And it's not bringing out their strengths. We look like, every time the camera, I mentioned this we were watching too, but every time the camera pans to the bench, it just looks like 20-something defeated fucking human beings. Yeah. Right? And I just, at this point of your careers, fellas, you cannot look like that. I, I understand no. you're human. I get it's frustrating. I get we haven't won in eight games. I get it. But what I don't get is that every fucking time the camera pans to you guys, you look like you're fucking, someone killed your dog. Right? In front of your face. Like, it, it's, it, like it looks like a fucking morgue. So, we got to... Number one, it's early in the season. That excuse is going to run out in a month. You, you, can't, you can't pull this kind of form into deep into December too because you're going to look back when we're in that crunch time playoff, make the playoff run. You're going to look back and be like, fuck me. If we just got a, four points out of that eight-game streak, we would have been on, in the playoffs, for example, right? So you got to get it together now. You're professionals fucking pull it together because they're all better players than this they are all better players than this like i haven't seen lindholm this ineffective ever ever yeah ever since we got him he like even in bad times or when the team played poorly he usually maybe my memory's not serving me well here but he usually stood out in those well the thing of, he uh, would score like really important goals a player like that even when he's playing poorly he can fall back on his two-way game his defensive game, his 200-foot uh, capacity to, you know, be out there and make a difference. And that's just exactly. not happening for him right now. And I believe Lindholm's fallen under the radar for criticism this season, but it has not been good. No. It has not been good. And, you know, we're, we're not even close to having... Our, our top scorer is going to break 70 points, maybe. <laughs> maybe. At this rate, yeah. And, you know, watching that Bruins game. Um... <sighs> this all-in play by Brad is not, it's not good enough. Yeah, well, right? that's, that's, you're, you're I mean, playing well, a team, when you're all-in, you have no choice, man. When you're and playing we a team, in. you're playing a team like Boston, a team with a long history, a team that's consistently done well for decades now. And I'm looking at this team going, even in a game like this, it just, the cl- difference in class, the difference in the absolute talents versus our talents is still like universes apart. 
Yeah. Like, you got your Pasternak's, you got your Marchand's, you got your McAvoy's. Like, McAvoy made everybody look like a complete idiot on the ice. Like, he was so good. And it just made our guys look like bantam players, right? That's his first game back from major yeah, surgery. And, and that was going to be my next point, is that this is a guy that's not even match fit yet. Like, this is a guy who's not even in the groove yet. And yet, he looked that effective still. In my mind, he looked very effective today. Uh, you know, Pasternak's Pasternak. Like, the guy's a fucking stud, right? Yeah. Bergeron, like fucking fine wine. He's only getting better, if, in my opinion. Like, he's just getting smarter. Like, he's not, he's not the guy that he was before. But, like, he's still fucking effective. And Boston, honestly, like, they are playing that... They have no... Their appetite of risk is so low that they're playing those five forwards on the power play. As you pointed out, you noticed that, and I started paying attention to that. I don't know many teams that we've played that do that. They're just fucking all in on that play. I like it. Yeah, I respected because, that. Because you have responsible players. Yeah, players Krejci. Who, uh, Bergeron. Bergeron. Yeah, like, uh, these guys, and they're not giving the puck away willingly. Our power play, we look like dog shit. And our... Uh, we just don't look we don't look good and i think honestly you know this is a bad criticism as we said the number one thing you can always bring is energy and effort we're not bringing that i might and i might disagree with you there i think there were some games in this last 8 that there were games where the effort was there it just but it wasn't quality i'm not, i'm try, i'm splitting you'll, you'll, hairs to be honest tonight, but maybe it's you know it's a case of oh you you're squeezing the stick too hard oh you're snake bitten but those two open net chances, yeah. those have to go in. You have to score those as an NHL player at this level. With Toffoli missing that, Mangiapane hitting the side of the net, those have to go in. Mange, you're a 40-goal scorer. That has to go in. 40 goals or 35? I can't remember. Yeah. A lot. That has to go in. That, that has to be a goal. And... I mean, even Toffoli... You got to, number one, in those plays, it's got to hit the net. And I'm not talking about the side of the net. It's got to hit the net. Yeah. Meaning it either hits the goalie or it fucking goes in. Right? Those two chances. Hitting the net there means it goes yeah, in. Right. <laughs> those two chances, a hundred times out of a hundred times, it should be hitting the net. Number one, as a bare minimum. Number two, 99 out of a hundred times that those chances happen should be a goal. The one out of that hundred chance should be some ridiculous save, which I thought it was at first no, on Manji's. Just missed. But it was just missed. But even then, it wasn't like that, that close. It, it actually like legit was off by like half a foot. So, um, and, and the commentators had it all wrong on that one. They kept talking about how it looked like a, how it was a save or whatever. But, I mean, when you're not scoring that, God help you. God fucking help you as a team because you have, there was a stat today, tonight, sorry, in that game. I don't know if you saw it or paid attention to it. We were both so pissed off. It's something about how they outshoot teams in like the first 10 minutes of the first or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't give two fucks about a stat like that. I don't care about any of that. Don't care, don't care, don't care. Don't talk about that like it's some substantial statistic. It doesn't mean anything if you don't fucking score. Period. 
and I am 99% certain Sutter feels the same way. There is no reason why all those shots should give him some sort of get-out-of-jail-free card or absolve them from this idea that, oh, you know, we're getting all the shots, so I'll be okay, we'll turn around. Like, no, not at all. Like, if anything... You're taking too many fucking shots. Like you're taking uh, they're these not quality shots. They're they're, they're periphery, not. as you were saying, periphery shots. They they are like again, shadow stats. Like, sorry, shadow effort. It's like I'm just gonna get a shot on that so I can pad my own stat. Cause the coach has told me to shoot fucking more. It's like way to go, bud. You shot it, wrist shot, little floater from the blue line. Yeah, that yeah. fucking is gonna go in any day. It's not good. So yeah. Um not a fan of that. Um, I don't think the coaches are also innocent of what's going on. Listen, the Huberto injury, he's injured. Okay, we'll, we'll get to more of that later. But in my opinion, it's just lazy coaching to put Razika on line one, power play one immediately. Uh, no. Just, no. I have a lot of faith in Razika as a player, but... This is just not, that's lazy. That's very, very, very lazy. And it's not lazy. like that power play was tearing the world apart. You give someone a chance and mix things up a little bit. I, not that a lot of players are deserving of a chance, but I don't think Rosicki is one of those players. I don't know. It's just, it just seems like it's not being appropriately thought through to what should be done when this kind of player like Huberto is injured. And line one, power play one for Rizika, we can do better. We can do better than that. Who are you going to put on? I mean, maybe Backlund? You know, in, in fair, like as I said earlier, at least Backlund looks like he's doing something. And to the point of if you're going to put in a guy on line one, power play one immediately, maybe you should put in Matthew Phillips, who has the most amount of points in the AHL right now out of anybody. He's got 14 in 10 games. Yeah. So maybe that guy could fit on your first line because God only knows we've played a very small winger on our first line for a lot of years previous to this. Yeah, and it so worked. you're going to get minutes and you're creative, and you're scoring goals, and you're talented, um, maybe that's what you should do. Maybe that shouldn't be Rizika. Just maybe, but... <sighs> I, I would be completely in favor if there's no... And I don't know this offhand. If there was a way for one of our lines to just be that AHL line again, I, I'm just fantasizing about having like a Matthew Phillips, a Zari, and a, and a, Pe- a Pelletier on one line. Those those three yeah. are performing very well. Uh they did very well last season in the A. And I just don't see what the fucking downside is versus benching a guy like Trevor fucking Lewis, Rooney, a guy that's been consistently criticized by fucking Sutter, no less. Um I'm looking at like a Richie, like these three I I will po- point out Rooney actually out of all of them. I'll join the Sutter train on this one. Like his only value add to this team right now is this quote-unquote energy that that line is supposed to exert on the ice. Well, look, here's a news, news flash. It's not fucking happening. 
He's got the odd line where he comes out, makes a good hit, wins a board battle, whatever. But, like, what is that doing, really? Like, his role is so minimal. Like, I shouldn't have any real expectations behind it. But I'd rather have a line of guys that are hungry to make this team, hungry to add value on the ice, hungry to bring in points. These three could do something. I just don't see the downside. I don't see how the Flames would do worse. If they just happen to scratch Rooney, Richie, and a Lewis we, we just don't, in one we, fucking game. Those players, I don't know, but there was no value added from those guys tonight. Right. And, and there was no value added lately. And before people ratio me on this fucking comment, let's fucking take a little trip back to the game against Nashville where we tried Lucic on the first fucking line and we, we totally changed all line combinations for that game and we looked like utter shit. So, before I get completely fucking lambasted about this bullshit, it's not that far-fetched, and frankly, it wouldn't affect, it wouldn't have such a negative effect on the team if they did poorly, in my opinion. Um, and at some point, you got to graduate these guys anyway. I'm actually happy Rizushka is getting chances right now. I, yeah, I'm good with that. Good for but, him, but, but I agree. Not, it's not... It's lazy. It's, it's extremely lazy. 100%. It's, and it's irresponsible way of playing him. I get that. And, but we need to graduate these other guys. Like, Phillips is not getting younger, man. Like, at some point, you got to give this guy a chance. And I'm talking about don't bring him up when we've already clinched the playoff spot. I'm saying bring him up when it fucking starts. Like, we need to change things around. And fast. Eight games not getting a win? That's bad. Is it panic time? No. But it's definitely... Yeah, it, it is. I don't Eight know. losses in a row is panic time. I mean, you're, you're not telling me Vancouver was panicking when they were in their losing streak. They were. We should be fucking panicking. There's still a lot of hockey to go, but nah, I think if you're, nah, it, you can't keep losing and losing and losing. It's over. You need to accumulate points, otherwise you're you're you you find yourself in February saying if we win two out of every three games, we're fine. That's the situation you're. Yeah, gonna be in. I I look. I agree with you. I'm just saying you got you probably got a little bit more. I'm smashing the panic button. There's a number of reasons I'm smashing the panic button. One number number one reason. We either a we're not playing Daryl Sutter hockey anymore, or b Daryl Sutter hockey is not working on this team. There there there's two things because. What the actual fuck are we doing on the ice with these defensive clearances? Like, yeah. what are we doing? How many giveaways can we... Our giveaways just look so amateur. They look so stupid. And they just look like plays that a Daryl Sutter team should not be making, ever. And he doesn't even look like... He should be snapping clipboards over his forehead after we do that kind of stuff. And he's just kind of mumbling to himself on the bench and... This is the most critical of Sutter I'm ever going to be, hopefully. But I have not been happy with him the past two weeks. It has not been good in a multitude of ways. But we are not playing the kind of hockey that we need to be playing, either because we have the players to do it. They've done it before, but they're just not executing now. Which makes me question, you know, A... Has our chemistry gotten better with these outs and ins of the past offseason? Has Daryl lost a bit of grip on the room? 
Is the message not sinking in? What's going on? Why are we losing eight in a row? Why don't we look engaged in games? Why is our effort level not what it usually is? Why is our fourth line out there so often? And why do they suck at hockey? And (laughs) why are we putting Rosicka on first power play and first line immediately? There's a lot of questions I have that, that just aren't being answered. But if I could get rid of one thing, Oh my God, those defensive turnovers, those clears right up the middle. Zadorov, I'm talking to you mostly, but everyone is guilty. Um, please, we need to cut that out because... That's n- basic not, hockey Not that too. Markstrom has played amazing, but we're also not doing him any favors by the amount of bona fide A-grade chances the other team is being gifted in each game. We definitely need to be better in front of Markstrom, absolutely. Like they are, and every player has been admitting that they've been hanging them out in a lot of those plays. And you know that it's stemming from the plays that they can't fucking do the simple thing. Yeah. Right? So use the boards instead of going up the middle. That's a, it's a classic Don Cherry rant that happened for decades too. Don't clear it up the middle. Don't clear it up the middle. I'm sure coaches you, you and you. You learn that when you're six years exactly. old. Exactly. Like you're learning that in ban- like Adam Hockey for fuck's sake. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't. I agree with you 100%. There's something going on uh, that's probably beyond what we see, but there's no excuse. The team technically, at least on paper to me, has gotten better. But yet, now you're seeing bad habits too, right? They're not playing better. They're not playing better. And when they're not playing better, you start losing the room a bit naturally. I'm not saying Sutter's lost control of the room. I'm saying that but you do lose a bit of that control in the room. And then you start seeing guys doing bad habit plays where, like a Kadri, for example, I have absolutely fucking no complaints about how he plays this year so far. None. But he is starting to do the uh, I'm hero mode, holding the puck a little longer, trying kind of crazy-ass angles on shots. Like, he's doing too much now, right? Who did we play Tuesday? The Devils? Yep. I remember him trying to dance through three guys, collect the puck, do a deke, shoot yeah, again. Like I mean, like, don't can't don't do that. Do that. You have to trust your teammates, and that's another concerning thing. Is he doing that because he doesn't trust who he's playing with? Right. I don't trust them to score. I don't trust them to execute. Tonight's game isn't any better. We're getting we're getting shots off from the periphery, but boy, when we have a open net, we're missing that, and uh, it's costing us. It's costing us dearly, and we, we just can't can't. <laughs> Maybe they had money in FTX and they can't get it out. Let's talk about Daryl. <laughs> Listen, you're not of, entertaining that. A lot of things. I don't know anything. I don't. I don't know, man. Oh no! No one listens to us did, talk about the freaking <laughs> stock exchange. If they did, they'd listen to a goddamn finance podcast. Maybe I could start one. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything without you, Ty. Sutter, okay, let's start with Sutter says, and as we've addressed already on this podcast, there's basically he's throwing his entire team under the bus by saying there's no young guys pressuring our team for for their jobs, essentially in a nutshell. This is like a damning indictment of everything. Your team is not playing well enough, your farm team is shit, and your management hasn't done their job in making sure that there's players moving up through the farm. Like, wow, he's encapsulated a bunch of you know, critiques all in one sentence. You threw your whole first team under the bus. 
you've basically said your farm team is dog shit and you're not calling anybody up even though you have the leading point scorer in the AHL on your farm team. And um, who also did really well last season. Okay, so, gee, Daryl, I know what I do, but clearly <laughs> I know what I'm, I do. I'm not a coach of the Flames and I'm just some hack who watches this Get it out, product Get it out, man. on TV, uh, on the regular, and uh, that's, that's a frustrating thing to hear because, A, it makes me think that, one, the coach is not in tune with reality because you cannot say that about your team when you have the guy who has the most points in the league. Uh, in Matthew Phillips. You just can't. You can't say that. That should be an insta call-up immediately, and that should be insertion into line one. If you're doing this Rosiska bullshit, that's what that should be. Okay, and then next, that is no way to motivate your team to say your job is safe and there's nobody good enough to take it. I'm not motivated to perform at all. And this whole thing that he's saying, what he's saying to the media lately has just been like grade F all around. The whole Huberto comment, you know, he's off taking a dump or taking a shit or whatever. Yeah, he went to go Apparently take a Apparently that didn't go over well in the locker room. Uh, I think, and you know, we can talk about that, but that's just not knowing your team and not knowing what you can say to the media and how they're going to react. That's that's pretty basic. A coach should know what I should say and how players are going to react. Yeah. They're, that needs to be consistent in the club, and it's not there right now. And the fact that Sutter is kind of so out in left field for us right now is extremely frustrating because it's, it's just building on, you know, tension after tension after tension and problem after problem after problem, and nothing is getting any better. Nothing is getting relieved, and it's not helping. The coach's job, aside from figuring out what we're going to do on the ice, is also to take the pressure off the players off it. And he is not doing that in any way whatsoever. Sure, they have not been good. Sure, they've been accountable. But you can just say bluntly, you know, we've got to be better, and we're going to be better next game. And it's on me as the coach to make sure that we are better. Take some pressure off these guys and put it on yourself. Because every, a lot of the times his press conferences, notably when we play Edmonton, he always says, well, they have really good players. They have Connor McDavid, and we don't, and we lost. It, it's starting to get to me. We, I remember a game last season, we lost to Carolina in overtime. Oh, yeah, they've got, they've got Sebastian Ajo, and we don't have a player that can do that. So when you have players like that, you win games. Daryl, you got to work with what you got. And we have good players. We have talented players. It's your job to get the best out of them. And you're not doing that at all. And I have not been happy with the two weeks that Daryl Sutter has had since we last recorded. So there's, there's my rant. It's a good one. It's a good one. That was a good one. It's, it's rare that there's an episode that I don't do much talking. Like, and I feel like you're getting... If if anything, this is I feel like as long as I'm here to listen, I'm here to listen. Like Fraser Crane, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Right? You know, I'm giving you a mixed session here because like I'm like the drive-through equivalent of someone that would listen to you because I don't listen to you normally. But <laughs> uh, having said all that, 
I agree with you, man. It's uh, it's discouraging. Like there is a there's a shelf life on uh the the charm we'll call it of being the blunt, very few words to say kind of guy, right? And then there's a point at which that you need to pivot that a bit and then go to your players. And maybe he does do that in the dressing room. I don't know. But he shouldn't be doing it publicly like that he's do like, like the way he's saying it, to your point. It's like, we're just not good enough or we're just not doing this. We're just not doing that. I think there is a way to and articulate I, that better. And I know, um, you, I know you said, but I think the Huberto thing is, Huberto is obviously feeling pressure to perform second most points in the NHL last season, not going so well this season. I think I think he wants and wants people to know I'm playing with a bit of an injury. I'm not at 100%. I can't perform at my best. Sutter is taking that away from him. But at the same time, and you make a good point, that's that's really soft. It's 100% that's, soft. That's you you you're come on. I, I don't know what your injury is. Now, I'll take it back if his injury is actually quite serious, but no, it's I, clearly I, not like You know, and that whole injury thing to be upset about a comment like that is soft. But he, is sat, my point. he sat out the last game because they said upper body injury. At the end of the game, they said he's walking around in a cast. And then t- today, he's back skating. Not a lot, but he's back skating. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Is it upper body? Is it lower body? What's like? Is it his ankle? Like, well, what is it? Holy like- shit. And figure it out. Like, how can you be walking in a cast two days ago and then you're skating perfectly fine? And I, 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 after the game, it comes out, he couldn't get his foot in the skate, but it's an upper body injury. Like, do, do we have a physio who failed biology or something? Like, what is going on In here? fairness, I think they do that on purpose so that players don't target. So when they come back and play, they don't target parts of him, right? But you know what? We're so bad, they don't even need to. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like Huberto's fucking got 30 goals already, right? Like, I get that, but... Um, I think that's why they do it, but it, it's a good point, man. Like it's, it's almost like you're overplaying that hand of like trying to s- suppress any information that comes out. And about It's him, not right? like anybody believes anybody in the NHL anymore. Anyhow, no, I, an upper body injury, who knows? No coach is believing anything. Sutter, it's just got in Sutter's head. I think a little bit that whatever he says in the press conference, the other team is going to take and absolutely twist against him and figure our game plan out, and we're screwed. I mean, that's not the case. If you say Tanev's injured, he's not playing. The other team's like, well, that's good for us, but I don't really think it's going to change how we fundamentally play against the Calgary Flames. No, absolutely not. And we're and not I, nearly good enough for them to care about that I th- anyway. I think, I think we have to get this in our head that... Uh, like it's a battle every time Sutter goes out to the media, and I know it's funny for some people, and it it is funny at times, and but it's it's just it's got to wear on him, and it's got to yeah. wear on the team, and it's frustrating to see all this happen when you know we should be every every, every press conference he have is basically a meme, and it, that shouldn't be the case for your coach. Like I don't want to hear about every Daryl Sutter press conference because he said something controversial or stupid or funny i just wanted to be we won we played well good job to the boys see you on saturday that's it yeah that's it or or a today was a tough game but we need to work on this and and then we'll come back better next game or something like that we have a practice friday we'll be ready to go saturday yeah like i think that 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 one the latter lacks quite a bit with him 
in fairness, I don't know how many, I mean, there aren't many coaches in the NHL that do that. I think that's a very like soccer centric thing. Like I always, like you were mentioning that to me a few days ago or whatever, but they, for some reason, especially with guys like Daryl Sutter, they think that this type of psychology brings the guys up. Right. And again, I think there's just a, there's a shelf life for all that. Yeah. Right. And, and clearly it's not working because you're eight games without a win. And now we're in a spot where we're going to look back at this fucking month and we're going to be like, Jesus fucking Christ, if we just got 500 out of this run, we'd be in a playoff spot. I don't want to have that conversation later. I hope that it's not the case. I don't think, I don't think that's the conversation right now yet. But if this continues into December, that's definitely the conversation. 100% conversation. And I mean, we're just lucky the Pacific is weak, man. The Pacific is weak, but at the same time, like, you know, we sat there and made fun of the fucking Canucks, but then they've been kind of winning here and there. So we, <laughs> winning here and there. Yeah, well, whatever. That's the benchmark, it's, boys. It's, well, uh, win, that's what I'm saying. Win here and there. Well, what do you want me to fucking Every say? Every now and uh, No, I'm not blaming you, know you I mean? at all. But, it, but that's, the, that's where we're, our mentality is with 100%. the team. 100%. Win here or that's there. That's my point. That's my point, though, because if they're winning here and there and we're the streaky ass team, like a fucking shit streak on your underwear, like we fucking just it looks like shit, smells like shit. You need to fucking like get you need to redo this whole thing. What I'm trying to say to you is this. You lose eight. You win two and then you lose six and then you win one and then you lose seven. Then it's fucking over. I'd rather be the Vancouver. It's like lose three, win one, lose four, win one. Because at least there we're like, we're getting something. Right now, these, these streaks, what they do is they damage fucking player morale. And they damage the, uh, the, the mental uh, approach to these games. The, he talks about the lack of energy. I can tell you one major reason for the lack of energy. Because they've been fucking losing a lot. And it doesn't help that, that their coach is saying the other team's just better. That doesn't motivate me as a person, right? And so this is a fucking growing snowball of shit that keeps getting bigger and bigger the more you lose, right? They're not playing desperation hockey. I don't see that. If they were playing desperation hockey, that means that they're playing with full energy, but they're not. They're not, right? And that comes down to how they're getting motivated for these games. How are they motivating themselves? They're bringing their daughters into the fucking dressing room, and and those are all nice and good and that's like the, nice that, wholesome how, things. How, but how is that motivating? But that's the thing. Like, it's clear that they're trying different things. But as far as I'm concerned, if your coaching staff can't get the best out of your players in a time of which they're not giving the best out of themselves then you got a major problem and you need to shake it up at some point. Yeah. And I mean, the I biggest d- problem right now with the Flames is that consider this keeps going on for like another month, let's say, where we maybe win three games or two games or something like that. You can't shake it up. You know how many long-term fucking contracts we have that nobody will fucking take? There is zero chance you can shake it up. All so you better fucking figure it out with what you have. It's pretty much all of them. Pretty much all of them, except for that fucking line with Richie and fucking, I know they're on the same line, but like a Lewis 
and a fucking Rooney. Yeah, like no, these I, are. I mean, those aren't long term contracts. No, but I'm saying with them, they're the only expendable players on the fucking team right now. Yeah, but even if you move a guy like that, you, you, the, a guy you bring in isn't moving. What the what, what that I'm much. saying is, you fucking scratch the shit out of these guys and you bring your AHL guys in. Oh, we're, we're, that's what I mean by shake. That's, that's a only, pipe dream. I know, but that's the only thing you can do. We're not gonna do that. We don't. We I know, don't but the, okay, that. but dude, like, well, then what are we doing here? <laughs> I I agree, but we're just not. Like, we're not. We don't. If do this that. goes on, if this goes on, how do you shake it up? How? You can't trade any of these players. Listen, no one takes a seven eight year contract, man. <laughs> Who the fuck's gonna take that? They're gonna look at that and be like, really? I get, I'm gonna get Kadri when he's like 38 still. Like, okay, guys, right? You know what? We lost those few games on that eight-game homestand. And then, oh, yeah, a little road trip will be good for the boys. It'll be nice to get out there, bond. That blew up in our face. I mean, there is, there is certainly some argument that that didn't help us, but like having that long-ass homestand, I, I blame the NHL for that, but they're not the reason for this. No, and I agree and, with but you. But the, the, the away stint didn't help either. We no, didn't help ourselves. No, of course ourselves. not. It didn't fucking do anything. Um, we... So if we're grasping at these external variables that are supposedly to change this team up and not even talk about what we need to do as a team to change our fortune, we're in trouble. Yeah, we're in trouble. Talking about going on to an away stand and then a home stand and stuff like this, it's like, guys... You're the one fucking controlling the puck, taking the shots, making the passes, clearing the zone, not up the middle. Like, those are the things that you control. So, playing in New Jersey versus playing in Calgary against New Jersey, to me, fuck you. There's no difference. Fuck you. Play hockey. Yeah, I agree. Um, But we just, we, we, you know, we we can't play hockey. So, there's that. We're, We're lacking. And again... Watch this whole fucking thing turn around after this fucking episode. I'd be more than happy to be faded, but it's just not looking good right now again. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of this like yin and yang thing that the Flames put us through almost every year. And I just want some fucking consistency out of this team. And the effort, I want genuine effort. I want desperation effort. I want effort that I want. I expect to see in, a, in like a playoff game, right? I want to see some of that because you know what? That shit's contagious. If players see another guy getting into the boards, just fucking cranking a guy, winning the puck back and getting that sh- extra shot on that, that's got to fire up your team. And if they're not getting fired up from that, then you got a much bigger problem that you need to address ASAP. Because that's the only thing players can do at this point is lead by example. And that starts with fucking legitimate effort and legitimate quality possession and quality chance execution. Like, period. Eight games, man. Panic. And we got and we got Winnipeg on Saturday. And Winnipeg They're 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 in a, they're in a rich vein of form. They're defensively sound. The goalie's playing great. Speaking of goalies, <laughs> listen, I'd like to highlight one thing about Markstrom, and it's that New Jersey away game, and it was the first goal that they had called back because they had two called back. It was just offside. 
but holy Christ, you actually have to save that. It's like a wrist shot from the from the half circle, almost unimpeded. That has to be saved, and it just goes in, and he's like, man, man. He's like, oh, man, that sucks. How did that get past me? I'm like, he's just not feeling it. He's not seeing it. He's not in the groove of the game. He's not vibing with the puck or whatever. It's not working for him. And you know what really upset me was when Sutter went with Markstrom back-to-back in that I think it was, who did we play? New York Islanders, New Jersey, Markstrom, Markstrom, loss, loss. And I get it. You're trying to play your goalie into form. But I think maybe we should give Vladar a bit of a chance here because, listen, Markstrom... If you've got a guy in Vladar who can push Markstrom for com- competition, and if that's what you want, then you better damn well lead by example and show the rest of the team that. Because I don't care what anyone says if the Flames are giving up these chances, but we need Markstrom to perform like a, like a Vesna caliber goalie, a Vesna nominee, which he was last year. That's what we need as this team. That's why we signed Markstrom. If you are not doing that, you are not performing up to expectations. There's no way. He should be. Bang on in a top 10 goalie in the league, hands down. And arguably, probably in most people's top five. He should be there, I think. He's not close to that mark at all this season. And he has to take some kind of blame for that. Because these goals that are going in, yes, we're giving up a lot of chances. But he is letting in way too many soft ones. And he needs to face some criticism. And I know you're also taught when you're six years old, don't blame the goalie. But goddamn, his, his play has been poor. And we keep playing him and he keeps sucking and it's costing us points. We need to do something about that. We need to do something about fucking everything. So Yeah, but it starts from the back. It always starts from the back. Right? Listen... That New Jersey one that got called back, it just sits in my mind because that, and his reaction, his reaction was awful because A, that has to be a save. And there's no way he knew that was offside, by the way. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. So he, he played that like it was still a fucking legal play. And it was some weak kind of almost kick save-ish thing. Like it was not even close. Like you just you see the guy wrist it towards the net and you're like, what is this? This is like a flame shot, except even worse. <laughs> and it goes in. <laughs> so it's not a flame shot at all. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. it's bad. I there mean, are a number of problems that need to be remedied immediately, and it needs to start Saturday. Obviously, we we need a win Saturday. We need to stop the bleeding. We need to cauterize this wound immediately because it's going to kill us. And we're going to be out of the playoffs by December if this keeps going. And you can't lose. You start losing double digits in a row, it's fucked. Do you think like... We lose 10 in a row, we're done. Do do you uh, think some of this is stemmed by the fact that we don't actually have a leader on this team player-wise? I like think there is a number of half leaders. There's no, I don't think so. But do you think it? We does got not... through last year fine without a leader. I know, but that's because everybody was playing out of their minds. Excuse. When Excuse the, me. when 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 those guys started facing 
any type of adversity. I hate using that word. I think it's the most overused word in sports. But when when the fellows start started finally feeling some pressure against a team that was better than them, right? That nobody really stepped up now. Okay, when does right? I, I I guess like, what I'm trying to say is like conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat. Why Sutter hasn't picked a captain in two seasons now? Is that a subliminal message to management saying like you keep bringing these guys and not one is a fucking leader? Wh- what is management supposed to do with the off season they had? There's not, no, there's nothing else we could have done. By the way, I'm not criticizing the trade or anything like that. I'm just saying. There's two seasons in a row. To me, that's very abnormal not to have one fucking captain. But you can't, you just got to give the guy a fucking C and be like, he's our leader for Christ's sake. But just stop saying we don't have any leaders. Think about the other side of it. That, he, that the coach has not seen one fucking guy out of these two seasons that stands out to him as like I, you slap the captain C it, on. But just fake it. Half of it's perception. No, no, but it's okay. No, no, no. I, I'm saying, sorry, I'm not getting my point across. I'm saying that he's saying that there's nobody on this team for two years that yeah, can do yeah. fill that role. That's a message to management. You but know. that's a message to the general state of the team, I think. Yes, it is, 100%. But I'm saying, if that's the case, let's get this monkey off our back. Let's name a captain. Let's lie to the media. Who no, cares? But I'm, no, but I'm saying that if we had someone that was an actual leader in the, in the we, dressing we room. Don't. We don't. Maybe our fortunes could turn around. Yeah, if we could trade these for Sidney Crosby or no, Alex no, Ovechkin, I mean, I, these, these guys. I who, don't even think Ovechkin's a good captain, to be frank with you. But, like, I'm just saying that, like, Who's it's, the best captain in the NHL? My point is this. Usually teams just name their best player captain and call it a day. You think McDavid's a great captain? That guy's not a fucking leader. He's just the best player in the league. Right. Nobody gives a shit. And you just give him the C because that's it. Honestly, we should have just named Johnny or, or Matthew Kachuk our captain or, or whatever. We should have just done it. They're not leaders, but they're the best player. Gives them a little ego boost. Who cares? Do you I'm think just, Nathan McKinnon is a good captain? Everyone seems to hate that guy. I'm just saying that like... Anze Kopitar is a good captain? For, for the... According to the media, he is. For the exposure of sports that we've played and for the amount of times we've watched the Flames, which feels like infinity these days, there is a point in which when these teams hit a rut, okay? And if the coach is not delivering the motivational goods in the dressing room, who's the person that you go to as a player in these fucking situations? You go to your fucking leader. Who, who, would, you, who would you go to in the no, dressing but room? This, I'd go to Kadri probably. I, sure. Fine. Kadri is the only one that I saw on the bench that would like actually talk to the fucking players after a shift. I would see him lead by example. But you can't just, maybe maybe you can't he just helped tr- trade. You can't. No, I, they're worried about offending Backlund or something. Sure, why not? Whatever. But he get over it. I, I'm just saying that like, whenever we ran teams together, like people will come to us, right? Whenever like we played on teams when we were we were in competitive sports, we would go to the captain. We would go to the guy that was the fucking vocal leader, led by example. When the coach is just losing the room. Coaches do lose the room at some points in their career with these teams. I'm not saying he can't get it back. It takes only a few wins to get that back. It's not, it's not going to be rocket science with that. I just think that the players don't have anyone internally to go to either. Is my point. I think, I think And I got, think that makes a difference. You know, I mean, it's obvious to me. I think Kadri should be captain because 
You've got Daryl Sutter as coach. You've got the quintessential Daryl Sutter player. You've got a guy who's respected for what he's done. You've got a guy who's got a bit of edge, who's going to fight, who's going to compete every night, exactly. and who's talented. Exactly. Who came off an 88-point season. And B- Michael Backlund, you're a great leader. You've served the Flames well. You're just kind of kind of, you know, below average hockey player generally getting overpaid and um like yeah, I love you but like fuck me. Hang you're on, just, he's had he's he's doing you're not better. Not a kind of player. This season's been his better seasons though. Yeah, yeah. You have to give him that. Great. You're having a better season and you're at a 0.5 point per game pace. And I get it. Your second power play minutes are scant and your third line bouncing up and down. You're doing your job, 200 foot guy, but uh you're just not the kind of players that Stanley Cup teams are seeking out. And, you know, on top of that, Blake Coleman. Oh, who, man. Who are you? That was, that was going to be my next topic. It's Blake Coleman. What a fucking disappointment. What a waste of money. This has been a very frustrating thing to watch. I'm sure he's a great guy. I, I, like, I, like, again, our criticisms have nothing to do with these guys' personalities. Our criticisms have everything to do with what we see on the fucking ice. And, and frankly, for a guy that's won a cup with, a, and it was a good team, obviously, but you still have to be a good player to complement that. And ever since we got him, I have seen nothing. And I have seen an odd glimpse of some production at some point, but by and large, whole, f- like, completely disappointing. Completely. And the amount of money we're giving this guy, it handcuffs us for bringing in somebody else. Like, and points production is negligible. And I was sitting there going, thinking like, okay, you know, we're finally in the last couple of years of like this backland contract that I just, I've been complaining about since we started this podcast. And yet, we just got another one. We just got another one. Dumb ass fucking penalties. Dumb fucking ass penalties. Dumb. Stupid. Plays that are not effective. Turnovers. Lots of bark, no bite. Gets involved, gets scrappy, gets angry. He's like the guy that like, you know, you would kind of like poke fun of in the fucking... In the in the schoolyard park in like elementary and junior high, like because you what knew was, you could get him Doug, fucking what riled was up. Dougie so Hamilton's brother's name? Freddie. He's Freddie Hamilton. Yeah, like oh, that's a that's a damning comparison. But like it just he was the guy that you would know that would just flip out so quickly, and you would just poke him, and it would be over. He he just what the fuck is your specialty, man? You know, whenever we sign a player. On a four to five million dollar deal from free agency, we're doomed. James Neal, Troy Brower, Blake <laughs> Coleman, whatever other dumb fuckwad we signed that I can't remember. Like it's just over. It's just over. So hopefully this this theory doesn't Bo-Meester. apply because Uyghur's got <laughs> six. Bomeister's great. I'm kidding. <laughs> Huberdeau's got ten, so that's a, it's amazing. But. I think I, I'm not worried about Huberdeau per se. I, I but I am, I'm worried. I'm worried about I, I'm, everything. I'm not. I'm not worried about Huberdeau yet. I I, I do, but he, it's got to come ASAP. I don't know what his injury. My worry is his injury. No, I think the injury's fine. Well, is it? Because you know, I don't like the fact that he's not playing. Yeah, he's play, He's day to day. He's but skating. He's this. You know, it's he giving needs a me, couple maintenance days. I, he's I, upset that the coach said he was off taking a poo poo. You know, I, like I get 
and that's soft. But I get this PTSD about Monaghan when I felt like I was a tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat guy when I was like, this guy is fucking injured and no one's talking about it. Like he has serious injuries and they never disclose it till the off season. I, that's why I'm, I'm getting concerned about that. Yeah. It's like up, it's to your point, upper body can't get well, his foot I mean, in his skate. I think, I think they like, have to wait for him to be healthy for him to come back. But we're we're yeah, but we keep changing the we fucking need, we prognosis. We need him and Tanev man. and Smith and, and uh, well, yeah, and Tanev, Stone back immediately. Honestly, Tanev is the biggest fucking death knell of this team. And on top of that, Stone is the only fucking guy that can shoot the puck faster than like no one can fucking hit the puck like him on this team. Well, it's not even close. What was that shot? Hannafin or Anderson yeah, had that like, shot that gave away the third goal. Yeah, dude, it was like a floater. And they just skated up, and they're like, hey, let's lob pass it to each other. And yeah. then the comment, look, look at that chemistry between those two players, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck, you know? And our commentator. Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand is 5'8". Uh, yep. Yep. So, scrappy player, but not a big guy. And, and he crushes it, man. He fucking cry. He plays with that edge, plays with that intensity every game, and he fucking shows up. If ever there was a time for Matthew Phillips, it's now. I just, I don't get, I just don't get what it is about him. I don't. And as if you're Matthew Phillips, you're sitting there going like, what the fuck else do I need to do outside of growing two feet and gaining like 30 pounds? That's, yeah. Like at, at what, 24? What is he, 24, 25? But physically, you're done. There's nothing more you can really do. You just need to own your skills and your IQ of the game, which he's doing. So reward the fucking guy. I don't understand that one at all. Like, I don't understand the um, uh, the Pelletier. Sorry, I got to look up his name. Sorry, Pelletier? No, so... Poirier, the, the defender, the, the guy that we drafted this year. Why isn't he getting the nod over fucking... Uh, oh, the, those defenders blow No, no, up, but man. hang on a sec. It's not about them sucking or being... But it's, it's the general feedback we have of like how we're managing this roster. Who was playing tonight? Gilbert and DeSimone. Gilbert and DeSimone. I'm saying that, like... It, like, why Gilbert? Like, why not? So... What happened to Mackey? Was he so bad that he can't well, play Mackie, anymore? Well, Mackey didn't look good at all yeah. in the games that he was called. Like, he had the odd play, but then it was like, by and large, dumb fucking penalties. Again, dumb fucking penalties, man. Like, does it not compute to these guys that they, they can't do that? I Are think they it's, just trying too hard? They're try- I think they're trying too hard. They're inexperienced. It's nerves. I don't know. But that's what separates you from the fucking pack. You know, I, the, the professional sports is a hard thing, right? Like, we can, we can somewhat attest this. Watching professional sports is Well, a hard thing. I mean, look, I'm not going to talk about my past, but <laughs> what I'm saying is this, is that you get to a point when you reach a level like that, that everyone's going to have nerves, but it's the guys that fucking excel through that, that show that they can handle that pressure, are the ones that are cut above you right? We can excuse these guys for maybe a game, maybe two games, but if you want to be an NHL player, 
grab your balls, pull your socks up, and stop fucking letting that get to you. You have to play through it. Keep it simple if you have to, right? Keep your stick down the whole game. Don't take as many risks the whole game. Fine. Do certain things to your game that minimize things like a stupid penalty or a bad giveaway, right? Use the boards, whatever. Um, I think guys have so much pressure, they try to do too much too quickly in the first three shifts of their fucking career in the NHL. And I think that's what Mackey did. Yeah. And he had some really bad penalties, man. Like, really bad, right? But again, like, I just don't see the downside in... There might be a there might be something here where I'm missing some like where Phillips has to clear waivers or something or you know I think the problem is sending him back down. Yeah, so if he has to clear waivers, then yes, that's yeah. a risk. If uh you know uh, Zari or you know Pelletier in the same I boat, mean, fine, I, I, I get I, it. I say but... this, I say this wholeheartedly. We already put him on waivers once this season, so we already showed we don't care about losing him, and he's shown that he's an amazing player. I think he deserves a chance. And if, I agree. And if we can't give him a chance, a run of 10 games with some, you know, top-line minutes or even middle six minutes, what the hell are we doing as an organization? What yeah. message does that send to our young players? Our, our development is fucking dog shit. So we need to... Dog shit. Give our heads a shake and figure out what the fuck we're yeah, going to do. The development is dog shit on this club. And this is... Not a knock on Sutter. It's a knock on the last three fucking coaches of this team. It's a knock on management. Coaches aren't responsible no, for No, but the coaches, the coaches, for example, they see these players in, in training camp and they see them in all the exhibition games. They have a say at the table when they go to the GM and be like, I want to play this guy. So we need to call him up. So yeah. uh, to me, they are, they are part of the responsibility. Okay, the coaches are dealing with these guys one on one. They see them in practice every day. They they see it. They see their facial reactions on a fucking bad shift, and they see their body language on a good shift. The coaches have a say at the table, right? So if he goes, if I can guarantee, you, if Sutter goes up to Trelving and says it's time to pull up Phillips right now, he'll do it. They'll have that discussion of like, well, what what happens if he has to clear waivers? Then Sutter says, like, no, I'm bought into this kid. He deserves it, right? Then he gets, he gets called up 100%. But yeah. it's not there. Time to do it. Time to do it. We haven't done it, like, since we had that. I, I wish I could remember the fucking season that we did that. But we had that third line of just AHL players that included Manjipane. And I had Dubé, Dubé, I believe. And there was one more fucking guy that I just, it keeps slipping my fucking mind. Uh, but we had a line like that. and it was playing with Backland? I don't remember. No, there was a third guy too, but he didn't last very long. But my point is like, we did that and it benefited. It benefited. Manjipane had 30-something goals last season. Dubé's no. still a bit of a whipping boy, right? Yeah. But like Manjipane's playing fucking, he played great last season. Yeah, he did. Right? He did. And the only do that, you only see that if you give these guys a fucking chance. If you're not giving a chance to Phillips today, you're not going to give him a chance tomorrow. So you might as well fucking deal this kid and give him a chance somewhere, some, somewhere else. Do him a fucking favor here. Because winning the AHL, winning a title in the AHL means fucking shit for an organization. Yeah. If I'm Murray Edwards running the Flames, I don't give two fucking shits if the Wranglers win the AHL, man. I just don't fucking care. Yeah. You, I... It is such a bittersweet, like, oh, sweet. 
You know, it's like an afterthought. Yeah, that's what it is, but I, yeah. Like, you're not building a team for the Wranglers, man. You're building a team for the Flames. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <sighs> okay, really, so really watch got, us got, go I through got, a... Got nothing, because we just need to do it. We need yeah. to call them up. Watch us have a 10-game winning streak after this podcast. Hey, if that's what it takes, fine. Fine, let's just fucking say this team's shit for the rest of Flames our lives. Flames should put us on the payroll then. Absolutely. We have a podcast story. Oh, we're so good. We have yeah. podcast. Oh, we're so oh, yeah, bad. We're so bad. Fuck. All right. Hope is hard to come by these days, but we'll find it. That's enough. We're done. <laughs> I We covered everything on the list. Yeah. Fuck. Good luck to us Saturday. Hopefully we win. Flames Fancast, episode 86. Have a good night. Bye-bye.